The holiday season means different things to different people. For some, it is a time to honor traditions started long ago. For others, it is a time of giving and heartfelt thanks for the blessings they have received over the course of the past year. For many, it is one of the few times of the year when everyone stops what they are doing and comes together to celebrate and enjoy each other's company once again. During this time, we are often bombarded with images of what the ideal holiday celebration should look like and what people should be doing. However, I would venture to guess that more than a few of us have never experienced the utopian Christmas celebration shown in the commercials, movies, and TV specials that we watch. No, for the majority of us, the holidays are probably celebrated quite differently from what is seen as the perfect get-together. I say all of this because I speak from experience. The holiday celebrations of my youth were always intertwined with some sort of family drama, a good amount of alcohol, a little bit of tobacco in one form or another, and maybe even some singing to cap things off. So today, even though copyright laws are a thing, licensing costs are huge and my bankroll is not, and I can't actually play this song or even a clip from it, I will attempt to explain why Merry Christmas from the Family by Robert Earl King is my favorite Christmas song. Today's podcast may be a little lighter on history and a bit heavier on personal anecdotes, because whenever I hear this song, I'm always taken back. But what's weird is, I'm not drawn to one memory, but several over the course of several Christmases. So I think it will be interesting to see where this road leads as I share some of them with you. So, sit back, relax, and hopefully enjoy Episode 6 of Life Through Lyrics. Merry Christmas from the family. Because every song tells a story. Some just do it better than others. What do you think of when you think of Christmas? Is it all the traditional fare that we've come to expect during this time? Visions of groups huddled around warm fireplaces, decorating beautiful trees and smiling when they greet loved ones who are coming from near and far? Maybe it's snow-covered ground and Santa Claus ho-ho-hoing his way through the night en route to make all the little boys' and girls' dreams come true. Perhaps you have some other perfect Christmas image that always comes to life in your mind when you think of the holidays and you hear the classic songs that seem to start playing earlier and earlier every year. Pretty soon, I think we might start hearing them along with the fireworks on the 4th of July. I can tell you this, I have never once been in a room with chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Actually, that sounds kind of terrifying. Nor have I ever experienced what I can only imagine is the slightly horrifying sound of the jingle of bells on a sleigh as my family and I careen over the snowy hills to Grandma's house in a state of semi-control on an open sleigh pulled by a deranged and freezing horse through the night. I have not barumpa-bum-bummed with an ox and lamb in time to a little drummer boy, and, if I'm being honest, there's something slightly unsettling about the lyric... 
Do you hear what I hear? However, Mom got drunk and Dad got drunk at our Christmas party? Now that's something I can relate to. Robert Earl Keen is one of my favorite singer-songwriters for several reasons. First off, he, like no other artist I can think of, can write and perform music that is equally silly and thought-provoking at the same time. He is a great example of how to find your niche, stay true to yourself, and be happy with what and who you are. To me, he's kind of a Texas Jimmy Buffett. To go to his shows is to see people of all ages, from all walks of life, and for 90 minutes they are united by the music. It is a truly participatory event. One is encouraged to cheer, sing along, yell, and let loose. There's nothing better than that. Merry Christmas from the family is a staple of his shows. I have seen him more times than I can remember at various times throughout the year, but only once at Christmas. However, he always plays this song at his shows, and it's always a blast. The origin story of this song is probably not all that uncommon, but that doesn't make it any less interesting to hear. Keen was working on his fourth album, Gringo Honeymoon, and according to him, he had ground himself to a halt, trying to be poetic and clever in his songwriting. Struck with writer's block and thinking he had all of December to finish what he wanted to be a very serious record, he realized that with Christmas coming, he was in more of a time crunch than he had originally thought. He was sitting on a couch in Nashville, strumming his guitar and racking his creative brain for something new, when this quote-unquote happy accident of a song came to him. Keen states that he wrote the song as a way to blow out the cobwebs and that he was laughing his ass off the whole time he was writing it. He thought it was unlike any other Christmas song he knew, in that it related to his life and growing up in Houston at Christmas. Once the song was complete, he put it away for a time because he did not think it was worthy of including on an album, especially not one as serious as Gringo Honeymoon. However, when Keen met with producer... Jerry Viarti to share the music he had written for the album, Viarti asked him if he had anything else. When he told him the only other thing he had was a, quote, stupid Christmas song, unquote, Viarti asked to hear it, and when Keen played it for him, the producer told him it was brilliant and persuaded him to include it on the album. After playing the song live in a few shows, it became apparent that it was quickly becoming a fan favorite. Then, National Morning Radio personalities John Boy and Billy picked up the song and began playing it in heavy rotation on their popular morning radio show. Before long, it began to overshadow Keane's other music entirely. Many people became fans of Keane and his music because of this song and went to see him live for the sole purpose of hearing Merry Christmas from the Family. This is how I was introduced to the song and the man and it inspired me to purchase more and more of his music over the years. My appreciation for it 
and him growing as I became familiar with so many of his songs that seemed to speak to me in different ways. Then I began attending the shows, and as I have told more than one person, it changed my life. Brother Ken brought his kids with him, the three from his first wife, Lynn, and the two identical twins from his second wife, Mary Nell. Of course, he brought his new wife, Kay, who talks all about AA, chain smoking while the stereo plays, Noel, Noel, the first Noel. My family has never really been the epitome of a Norman Rockwell painting. I can't say that we exactly match these lyrics, but I can say that we have enough in common with them to make this the most relatable Christmas song of all time for me. Unlike the classics I mentioned earlier, I have vivid memories and visions of holidays gone by that are conjured by this tune. For instance, there was a time in my family when there was no question about who would be in attendance at our holiday celebrations. What I mean by this is that for certain people, attendance was mandatory. Barring natural disaster or death, you were expected to make arrangements to be at the house where the celebration was going down on Christmas Eve. That's not to say that everybody was always happy to be around each other, or that there was a constant vibe of peace on earth and goodwill towards man, but somehow it worked out. There were, however... Some years where there were extra people in attendance as well. These may have been family friends, co-workers, or others who had nowhere to go or some other situation. But the decision was made they should not be alone at Christmas. No matter who they were, they were always made to feel welcome and a part of the festivities, though. I love the visual of Kay smoking and talking, since I grew up in a time and in a house where people not only smoked, but smoked a lot, and everywhere, no matter who was around. If you close your eyes, you can see the haze in the air, and hear the din of so many conversations going on at once, that it almost drives you crazy. Also, the fact that her chosen topic of conversation is not necessarily appropriate for the situation, or the audience, hits pretty close to home. If only I could relate how many times I've been witness to that phenomena, but I would need to start a whole new podcast series to tell those stories. Then, there is the stereo and the song it is playing. From the time I was a kid until my mom and dad had to move out of their house, one of the constant Christmas decorations that my mother put out every year was a set of green ceramic candle holders in the shape of the letters N. O-E-L. Thinking back on them, they weren't what I would call beautiful, but they were a tradition. When we had a fireplace, they sat on the mantel. When we didn't, she found a shelf or they sat on the TV. 
Either way, they were always around. One of my brothers has them now, and I hope they mean as much to him and his family as they do to me. And I also hope that they have a prominent place in the holiday tradition and decor in his home. I'm sure they do, and I'm sure they spark a conversation or two as well. Carve the turkey, turn the ball game on. Mix margaritas when the eggnog's gone. Send somebody to the quick pack store. We need some ice and an extension cord. A can of bean dip and some diet right. A box of tampons and some Marlboro lights. Nothing says Christmas like a trip to the convenience store for some forgotten necessities. I love the fact that Keen rattles off this list of truly unrelated items that must be obtained right now, and it somehow doesn't seem strange at all, at least not to me. I can see this happening in my head. I can feel the adventure in my young heart as somebody lets me ride with them to the store to pick these things up and we laugh and joke around and just hang out for a while. Those are special memories. We didn't necessarily go for those specific items. For instance, my family was not a group of margarita drinkers, nor do I recall going out in search of tampons. Marlboro Lights, however, that's a different story. It's not about what we went to get. It's about the experience. Those times made me feel special in different ways with different people. Sometimes it might be with one of my brothers sometimes with my dad, others with a sister-in-law. The point is that it was spontaneous. Therefore, it couldn't be planned for, and there was no expectation going in. It was a time to just let happen what would happen, and sometimes a story would ensue. Jade elephant trunk up means good luck is an example that I won't get into detail about here, but it was a laugh and a story that originated on a Christmas Eve in Northern Virginia many years ago. And I bet that everybody who was there remembers it just from hearing that phrase. Merry Christmas, Pop. We love and miss you. Hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family. There's a picture that I hold near and dear to my heart. 
I believe it was taken 28 years ago on Christmas Eve, 1990. In it, there are four guys standing side by side next to a table. All of them are different and unique. One is bearded, has very dark hair, is not at all fancy. He wears a plain gray sweatshirt, a blue GMC hat, and blue jeans, and he is grasping his trusty Redskins mug, probably full of beer. The next man is clean-shaven, also dark-haired, but he wears his much longer. Unlike the first man, who wears conservative, square-framed, half-rimmed glasses, this man is wearing more rounded rims, a la John Lennon. He's a blue jeans guy, too, but his are more trendy to the fashion of the day, and he has on a dark sweater and a collared shirt. In his hand is a Coors Light can, most likely not the first of the night, and definitely not the last. Next is the youngest person in the picture. Not yet a man, but he thinks he is. Probably 17 years old when it was taken. Brown curly hair slicked back, wearing glasses just like the first man's, but a shirt and jeans mimicking the second. He hasn't figured himself out yet, but he's trying. The last man in the picture is more blonde than anything else. He has a faint mustache and wears similar conservative square-rimmed glasses to the other two. His sweater is white and yellow, and he is wearing jeans. His right arm is raised slightly as if reciting poetry, and his chin is held high. Looking at the picture, it's obvious the group is singing. Based on the surrounding decorations, garland, Christmas cards, etc., one can surmise it is a holiday celebration. This picture, for me, encapsulates what Christmas used to be. I won't say things weren't complicated then. They were. There were disagreements, tears, hurt feelings, misunderstandings, and all the myriad other things that happen in families. But somehow, those things all disappeared at these moments. Unfortunately, it seems that as life has moved forward, the complications and disagreements have grown so large that these moments are no longer possible. We all have our own traditions and things we do, and that's okay. But sometimes, I do wish that my wife and daughter could truly experience a Christmas celebration like this, just once. Or, maybe I've just romanticized it in my mind so much that I've made it something it was not. Either way, I wonder what the others in the picture think. I was the youngest, and I have since figured myself out, as much as one can anyway. I am a father, husband, brother, friend, and teacher in that order. I am not perfect, far from it, but I try to do more good than harm. My Christmas wish every year is that my wife and daughter are as truly happy as they can be, and I hope that I am able to reach that goal in some way. Those other men in the picture, they're my brothers. We still talk, but it will never be the same as it used to be, and I fear there will never be a time when the four of us stand together and sing like that again. That's the thing. You don't ever know it's the last time when it's happening. 
Probably my favorite thing about Merry Christmas from the family, though, is its ability to bring a smile to people's faces, whether they want it to or not. I have always found that when I introduce someone to this song, their reaction usually falls somewhere between a shaking of the head, oh dear God, or a wow, that is great. But the person never walks away without a smile. For my daughter and I, it is one of the songs we love to sing, bellow, and yell together the most. In the house, in the car, it doesn't matter. If it's on, we are singing it. This song is really for everybody, if you let it be. I'm sure there are people who can find something to take offense to if they try hard enough. But, just like when I talked about C.W. McCall, sometimes you just have to let the music be fun and not have a deeper meaning. This is an every man's Christmas song. It's not meant to be politically correct. As I get older, I keep finding more gems in it. Currently, my wife and I are planning on becoming work campers in our retirement. We have informed our daughter that she has to move somewhere for us to be able to plug our camper in when we come and visit for the holidays later on. She always rolls her eyes, but this always makes me think about this lyric. Fred and Rita drove from Harlingen. I can't remember how I'm kin to them. But when they tried to plug their motorhome in, they blew our Christmas lights. Sure hope her future partner has a cousin David. Life Through Lyrics is written, produced, recorded, and edited by Chris Benick. Music used in this episode, Blues and Fusion by Kinkas Morera, O Little Town of Bethlehem, Up on the Housetop, Jolly Old St. Nicholas, and Jingle Bells by Ease Jammy Jams. O Come All Ye Faithful, Joy to the World, O Christmas Tree, and Silent Night by Jingle Punks. Christmas Village by Aaron Kenny and Michigan Greens by Dan Leibowitz, all downloaded from YouTube Creator Studio. A special thanks goes out to the website roberterlkeen.com for the historical background information used in this podcast. Also, special thanks goes to my beautiful wife, Kim. Make Bloody Marys, because we all want one! Amazing daughter, Emma. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad. Adopted son Chase, he threw a breaker and the lights came on. And all my friends who are supporting me in this selfish venture. I appreciate and love you all more than you could ever know. Anchor.fm for helping out amateur podcasters just like me because they've helped me get published on their service, as well as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and more. So until next time, rock on! This has been Life Through Lyrics with Chris Bennett. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and will consider listening again in the future. Also, please consider sharing this podcast with someone you think might appreciate it or find it interesting. If you'd like to reach out and discuss any of my thoughts, opinions, or ideas further, I can be reached on Twitter at LifeLyricsPod, on Instagram at LifeLyricsPodcast, or you can email me at LifeLyricsPodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have a song you would like to hear me discuss, send it my way. Until next time, remember, if it doesn't make you feel something, it ain't worth listening to. Oh,